There is a nexus between faith, culture, music, and the arts. A nexus that can glorify God and help further the gospel. And we're going to talk about that in just a few moments with our special guest, Josh Snyder. Josh, welcome to Raven's Heart. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Before we dive into your music, can you share with us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got into music? Sure. Um, I'm from, uh, initially, I'm from uh, Lewistown, Montana. Uh, that's a long story. Maybe we'll have a minute to get into that here a little bit. But uh, now I live up in uh, Georgia, over outside of Atlanta, about an hour. And um, I'm married, uh, a wife of four and a half years. I got a couple of couple of kids, uh, a little two-year-old, almost three, and a, and a one-year-old, a little one-year-old boy, so a little girl and a little boy. And uh, but I've been doing music since I was super young. I started started singing in church. I actually grew up in a in a preacher's home, so uh, uh, I had the opportunities to get behind a mic and to sing some songs earlier on. And uh, from about the age of probably seven or eight, I knew I wanted to do music in a professional sense. Um, again, that's a loose term these days, but I wanted to make quality music uh, when I got older and to, to do it well. And uh, so uh, since I was probably, I think I sat behind a studio mic when I was, for the first time when I was 13 or 12, 12 or 13, and I wrote my first songs when I was probably eight or nine. They were horrible. I'd never, you know, there's not going to be any tapes with them on it, but uh, <laughs> a lot you of think. them probably about food and animals, but um, but anyway, yeah, the older I got and uh, the older I get, the more the hunger and the, the passion for music and the, the power behind music and, and ministry that can be used uh, in the, uh, the, the catalyst of music uh, has grown in my life. And so I've just been just been letting that grow. And I guess there's, there's a lot more that goes into that. But we can, you know, that, that's where it started. I really, really young age and it's been uh, grown ever since. You've had a very rich life so far. Rich, rich in yeah. love, rich in family, lots of opportun- little opportunities here and there. And, uh, and God's been good. I, I, I can't complain much. You know, we've all, we all have our ups and our downs, and we have the worst, even the best of us seemingly have the worst days. But, but God is faithful. <laughs> so how did you get from Montana to Georgia? Um, you piqued my curiosity with that. Uh, in, a, in a truck. <laughs> no, um, uh, so anyway, uh, long story short, let me see if I can get you the short condensed version. Um, my wife and I, and uh, we, we, we were wrestling with the idea of moving. When I say wrestling with, I mean, we thought we wanted to move. We had this desire to do something outside of our town of 6,000 to go somewhere else. Um, she's initially from Mississippi. I was born and raised in Montana. Again, another long story. If you want to hear our backstory to music, you can listen to both the song All My Life and Mind Right. Both of those have our backstory to it, kind of two different sides of it. But um, but, but we, uh, we, we were wanting to move and to do something different. And we were actually intentionally trying to step out and to reach out and to find a 
places to move. We looked and we, we actually went and visited a few places where there's some friends over in another, you know, like Washington state, or I think one other place was over by uh, uh, Idaho and a few other places like that. We, we considered Tennessee just because it's the South and we considered uh, California. And then we thought, no, that's not a good idea. This time, this time, this time of the, the way the world is. And uh, no offense to California. There's beautiful things there, but there's just a lot going on these days. Um, but, but after it was all said and done, we, I never got the peace of God about it. And that, that's something crucial for me. I don't like stepping out on blind faith. I mean, I believe that we need to have faith, but if I don't feel like God's in it, I, I don't want to be there. And, uh, and so we finally got to the place where we stopped pushing or pressuring this idea that we should move and do something different and thought, you know, let's be content right where we're at. Let's, let's raise our family right here. And as long as God has us here, let's be here and be thankful for it and content. Cause it's a, it's a nice little town, Lewistown, Montana, right in the middle of nowhere. But, um, <laughs> we, uh, we were at a revival meeting about two or three months after we verbally came to the agreement that let's let, we like Montana. We like Lewistown. We like the area. It's quiet. It's nice. Good place to raise a family. And, uh, and you know, I can do connect with people musically online just about as easy as I could in person these days. But, um, but then at a revival meeting, there was a preacher preaching on a, a passage about Abraham being called away from his family and his friends. Uh, and I don't know if you know the story in Genesis uh, yeah. chapter 15 and it, basically talks about how Abraham took everything, his, his family and his stuff, and he went south and uh, to a land where God showed him. And, and throughout that week, there was this overwhelming confirmation along with, get this, my drummer, part of JSM, Isaac Danford, he's not able to be on here today's, um, but, but he, uh, we both uh, have been doing music the last couple of years together. And, uh, and that night he got the same call and he felt very strongly that it was to go to the same location that we oh, wow. both felt called to. And the next morning he sits down with me and he says, Josh, I love what we're doing. I love the music and stuff. I've got this conflicting feeling. I, I don't know what, what to do with it, but I feel like I'm called to go to here in Georgia. And uh, I was like, dude, <laughs> maybe we're on the same page and maybe God's leading us, leading us all that way. I don't know. And so we took about two weeks to uh, put out the fleece, spiritually speaking, to lay out some you know, God, please confirm this. I don't want to just run somewhere on, on a whim. And, uh, and it was confirmed over and over again. And, uh, and so we're here and, and, uh, living, living kind of like nomads right now, but, but, uh, enjoying the, enjoying the ride. So that's an amazing story of faith. I would like to ask you a question about something that you said in that maybe for my own edification and definitely for the edification of our viewers and our listeners, you said that you, don't want to move in something unless you know that God is in it. How do you know, what is it that you look for to know that God is in what you're doing? God speaks in many ways. And most of the time I haven't, I've never heard of audible voice from heaven. I should say, I've, I've never heard the audible voice of God, I, I believe, but I have heard him as clear as day in the word of God. I've heard him as clear as day in the peace that passes all understanding. And that's something that's hard to be explained. That's why it's called the peace that passes understanding in scripture. It is a peace that only God can give about circumstances, about situations, about things that you're going through in this life. And um, it, when you're a child of God, there is a, there's something about the Holy Spirit that, that says yes or no when you're supposed to do something or not supposed to do something. Sure, there's still uncertainties and sure there's there's not, we don't have all the answers. Like we we weren't sure how we were gonna afford to make a move like this and to sustain ourselves. And 
and uh, things are hectic even now. And and uh, but but God has been totally faithful. And when we came to the edge, we've come to the edge a few times financially speaking since we moved about four months ago. And God is just right there, right when we need him. And there's just confirmation after confirmation that we see not only in like miraculous things happening and God moving and in ways like uh, leading my drummer to come to the same spot and things like that, just affirming that, yes, we should still be doing this music thing. And uh, yes, I want you here. Um, but but also in ways that like inner peace that he gives, even in the weirdest of situations or things that I wouldn't choose for myself. I've never considered that the peace that passes all understanding. That's one of those verses that I am guilty of just kind of glazing over and not really thinking about it. And it just really hit me when you talked about it. it he gives us peace in those situations that most people would probably go nuts in and think yeah. that we're absolutely crazy for doing. And I'm sure that you, when you were making the move, some people were like, <laughs> yeah, you're crazy, yeah. man. <laughs> Did that happen? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, that was, that was the common, uh, the common explanation, the, uh, the common reaction I got. I mean, even from, not, not from my parents, but I sat down and I actually, to tell them that we were going to move, I made a video with everything scripted of what I needed to say because <laughs> I just was so like freaked out. I, we weren't planning this and it was out of nowhere seemingly, but I knew it was of God. So I had to find a way to convey it to where they knew it too. And, and, uh, yeah they're behind us hundred percent. So yeah, that's one thing that I've been learning is that a lot of times God will have you move quickly and turn on a dime real fast and make some very quick changes because that's where his spirit is moving. And that's, that's really cool. Let's talk about your music. How would you describe what you do? How would you describe your music, your style? Uh, at one point, I remember years ago when I was interviewed, um, when I released my first album called rise, uh, I think there's a song that we'll play later on from that. Um, it, uh, I described it as pop hop because I had a, I had a, like a half flare, a hip hop and a half and, and, and the other half was about pop is like pop rock. Uh, since the, over the last four years, it's kind of evolved and we've, I love diversity in music. If you know anything about, um, uh, if you know anything about me, you know that I've been very diverse. I love all kinds of music. I grew up singing hymns strictly in church up till I was like 12 or so. And my parents eventually started coming around to some some of these ideas that I will talk about those ideas later, but some things that they may have held a little too tightly onto mm -hmm. that did not need to be held onto. Um, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I have a very diverse feel. And right now we currently uh, have more of a pop rock feel with a flair of hip hop, a little bit of EDM, a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of rap here and there. And uh, yeah, I just, I like diversity. I like, I like uh, the, the opportunity that it gives because if one, one group doesn't like this kind of music, then they'll like something else later on. And sometimes people say that well, that's no way to build an audience that's solid. But I look to people like Toby Mac and say, you know, I, I love okay. love what they're doing with the diverse types of music and stuff. So anyway, I want, I want to be like that. <laughs> yeah, that diversity really reaches out to different people and gives, I really believe, a lot more room for the spirit to move through you to reach different types of people. So you don't stay in one box. It's one thing that yeah. Yeah. frustrates me a lot with the music industry is like, okay, well, this is what you are. We've defined you. You need to stay here. And if you move outside of it, uh, sorry, you know, it's Weird. not going to sell. Yeah. 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 yeah, not gonna sell. yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, when I listen to your music, I like it. I like it a lot. That's why I brought you on. I, I lean more towards the metal and hard rock side. And I really enjoy what you do because I like, I like good pop. 
good pop music and good rap and good R&B. Uh, you know, it's funny because sometimes my wife and I will be driving, I'll put it on the R&B station and, you know, something like Levert will come on or something like that from the, <laughs> from the 80s. I'll be like, oh man, my jams from back in the day. Um, what you do, <laughs> what you do really embodies everything that I believe is good about pop. You have very solid lyrics and they're set to very tight melodies and rhythms. What era of pop what decade really has influenced you the most and which artist has influenced you the most uh i mean we're we're ever influenced um there's so much that I, i'm just i'm a sponge and i collect if, you, if anybody knows me they know that i i I'm, i collect information and after about a few days of collecting information i think i'm an expert on it sometimes um which is not true but the the era that's probably influenced me most was probably the early 2000s. Um, I really loved uh, DC Talk. I, I really love DC Talk. I love their style. I love, the, again, the diversity. I love what Toby Mac did coming out of that group and, and how he evolved and grew in his music styles and things like that. So probably the early 2000s. Um, and, uh, and then I have flair, just newer, more modern flares that, I'm, that, I, that I find to put into the music and, and make it a part of it. Uh, if you hear, you know, because certain tracks are just really modern in certain tracks or maybe a little uh, early 2000s rock pop kind of sound so well we're talking a lot about your music so let's go ahead and play a track we're gonna play feel it can you tell us what this song is about before we dive into it yeah the essentially the the idea of let me say this first and foremost we should not have a relationship with God based on our feelings. If that is what it's purely based on, we are going to flake very quickly. <laughs> but the song, and the song's not about that. Some people have listened to it and think, what's it about feelings? Because uh, I asked the question on the chorus, you know, uh, um, see, why, why do we run away from your love, talking about God's love, when we can feel it right here? Um, the idea is, I've, I've, I know that, you know, metaphysically and, and uh, uh, contextually and based on all the evidence that I can see right in front of me over the years that I've studied, I know that he exists. And I know he's real, but one of the biggest proofs in the pudding is I can, I can feel him and see him move. And that's just, it's, it's, it's inspires. That's what inspires. That's what makes good. Um, that's what hits our emotions many times. What we can see, what we can feel, we see is we see a movement. We see a movement. We see the spirits uh, leading in our lives, kind of like uh, with the move and many other stories. I can tell story after story after story like that, where I see the spirit just actively moving, and I can see it and feel it. It's a part of my life. It is a yeah. part of who I am. And so the question comes back to why would why would I run away from that? And why do we run away from that? Some days we 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 act as if it. Like the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit doesn't even matter. And God doesn't even exist or in our mind of, you know, in the deepest and darkest parts of our flesh, we, we act like, like there is no God and, or logical atheists, as some people might say, you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we walk around as if there is no God, but we yeah. know and we've seen his power active in our lives. And so why would I, why would I run from that? That is a very good question. That's a profound question. As we listen to this song, I think each of us should actually consider that. This is Feel It by Josh Snyder. Time, no reason to rhyme, I was living my life I realized I was living a lie And the devil tried to hold me in my demise Brainwashed, singing, everything's groovy Hoping everything would end up like the movies Get rich, get the girl, get famous Just like that, right into the sunset Knocking on my door, my heart just hit the floor I need you want more, you 
That is fresh. That just made most of what I've heard as pop on the radio today sound or taste like like stale Twinkies. Uh, I mean, that is just refreshing. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people say it's at least different. So, I, at least in some ways. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I'll take it as a compliment uh, when they say it's different. And I appreciate the uh, yeah the encouragement there. Glad to know that we're on a path that at least some people enjoy. So <laughs> I'm right there in it. I mean, I was thoroughly enjoying it. That's one of the things I enjoy about playing these songs and these videos during this live stream is I get to really enjoy the music more of the of the artists that we're interviewing. And there's a question that I have in the in the song. You talk about the brainwashing that we go through uh, and that we experience. Can you expound upon that a little bit? I'm curious. So the the many of us grow up in a in a not a fantasy land but but a fantasy land of sorts. Um, media, whether it's in the form of television or our parents, or you know, maybe our parents it was in the form of a radio or something. I don't know. But uh, uh, media in the form of television mainly these days will raise many children or many of the generation coming up behind me and my generation. And that being said much of what is put out is a downright lie or a watering down of the truth. And uh, we see it reflecting into the culture. And we don't have time to get into all the implications of what that means, but we see that 
deeply cutting into the culture. Media, media, uh, entertainment, and fantasy tells us what our relationships with our parents should be like, tells us what our relationships with our spouses should be like, tells us what sex should look and feel like, tells us what how we should respond to, you know, you name it, religion, uh, science, quote unquote, what we've been pushing in the public schools for years now and implementing. Uh, and, and all these different things stem from the idea or not the idea, but the 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 active media sources that we we plug into our ears every day, and so it is a slow brainwashing. And if you're not active, or at least being able to look in and to decipher what's going on, and weed out the spit out the bones, you know, there's because there's some good stuff happening. I'm not bashing all media. I'm not bashing the TV, but to be able to eat eat it up and spit out the bones, um, you're going to be brainwashed, and you're going to think that everything is meant to curate around your life and, and your dreams are what matters most and things like that. And, uh, when, uh, that's, you know, in Christ, we have an abundant life. That doesn't mean that we're at the center of attention. That doesn't mean that we're going to have the girl of our dreams or the, the man of our dreams walk into our life, like, you know, like a Cinderella story or things like that. And, uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I believe there's just a brainwashing going on everywhere. And if you're not active about pursuing truth, you're going to flow right now with the current. Yeah, Babylon and Egypt is nothing but a dream. It's just a fantasy world. Yeah. And I've I've found that in myself in pursuing the Lord, the more that I pursue him, the more I realize that Babylon and Egypt was in me and it's mm-hmm. got to go to really pursue him freely and see what he wants to do through me completely released. Uh, it's uh we have to be rebrainwashed again with yeah. the water of the word. The renewing of your mind and paul says i die daily so that christ may live in me so that means even paul the half of the new testament writer writer of half the new testament said yeah i gotta i gotta crucify this flesh daily and so it's it's a process for everyone so i'm not knocking that yeah and it's not easy either yeah it's 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 not easy how did you come to the realization that this is what god has called you to that You've been called to a ministry of pop hop. How, how did that come about? How did you hear that call and know, yeah, this is where I need to be? Um, so the, the again, the, the music itself is kind of diversified over the years and the style has diversified over the years. But music within itself, just music, at, you know, all the different genres that I've messed with and probably will continue to uh, incorporate and feed into what we do. Um, all of those different uh, aspects come back to the idea that music is powerful. And I believe that music is powerful to shape a uh, culture uh, it, in many ways, just like TV does. Um, and I want to be a, a force that pulls towards God. I want to be a force that points towards truth and things worth living for. I want to be a force that points people towards uh, marriages that last. And, point, you know, again, we're all working this out in our, on our and have our own journeys, but uh, I felt probably the most convicted to do this when I was, oh, 17 or 18, coming coming out of some teen years where I wrestled with concepts that were fueled by music, some feelings, some thoughts uh, that were being fueled by music that wasn't good. Um, and I don't want to strictly blame that. Again, we all have a, a flesh to fight, but uh, I felt the most passionate passionate to take up this this mantle, so to speak, of music ministry and to to run with it uh, coming out of my my teen years because I just saw how it affected me and I, the friends around me. We you know we listen to songs to get us in the mood, and many times if we listen to the wrong music, it's going to get us into the wrong mood. So I want to take my music. I want to make sure it is clear, make sure it has the the message is clear in it. And then we tie it back to the main thing and the things that are most important in life. Otherwise, we're just going to be chasing fantasies, chasing smoke all our life. And there's no there's no abundant life in that. 
Ah, uh, the vapor of life is what we chase often instead of the substance of life, which is which is Christ. What you what you do is more than just music. It's about faith. It's about arts. It's about culture. It's about all of these things. You even have a podcast that you do that I've seen, and I actually really enjoy it. Uh, that addresses all these topics. How do all of these things—music, faith, arts, and culture—how do they all tie together to help? present the gospel or present Jesus to people to further the gospel? How does it all work well, from what you've all seen? Four of the, all four of those areas are expressions of who we are, are expressions of our background, they're expressions of our lens that we look through life into, or look, how do we look into life. And, uh, and, and again, faith can be a general term. You know, we all have faith in something. Uh, music is, music is fairly direct. That's a, that's the center, that's the area that I generally stick out on when it comes to the podcast. But in regards to the the culture, that is that is the lens in which we view life on. No matter where you're at, you have a culture in which you view lens the you you view life through those lenses. And again, if we're not active in countering the negative parts of the culture, we will flow with the culture. And so every single one of those aspects are just powerful reflections of who we are and how we express ourselves. And I want to be able to look into all those expressions and try to decipher at least to the best of my ability. And again, I'll probably look back years from now and be like, that that was probably could have been said a little better. And that was probably kind of stupid. And I probably overthought that over there. But be able to I want to be able to take some of the things that are going on and to bring maybe awareness, to bring some insight and to uh to say, hey, I, I think I think according to the Bible, here's how we should react to this. Here's how we should uh uh, here's how we should take this to heart. Here's uh, what we should do as Christians. And, and even if we're talking about sad situations like Christians who fail or, or the, the cultures fall into crap, uh, I want to be able to look into that and say, well, be that as it may, you know, the, the, the bad is still there. But look at it and say, God is still faithful and tie it all, always tie it back to the, to the main thing and, and uh, trusting God through it all. I mean, it's a process, but yeah. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. Uh, let's talk about some of the misconceptions that the church has that you've seen concerning faith, music, arts, culture. What are some of those misconceptions that you see, and why do you think it's important for the church to overcome these misconceptions? Very deep question. Thank you for asking. I, uh, I've been considering this for a little bit and questions like this for, for years now. Um, let me just take it back to this, and I don't want to be too long-winded, but I want to be as as concise as I can be. I grew up in a, in a home and I grew up in a group and I, I grew up in a circle of, of influences in my church and in my family who felt a certain way about certain styles of music, who felt a certain way about certain cultures or, or ways in which we, we do life. You know, every culture is different. And, uh, but m the culture I grew up in was very fundamental. So one might say, and I, again, I'm not casting aside the fundamentalists of scripture and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the blood atonement for our sins. And the fact that we are to eschew evil and to, to run to God every day, the author and finisher of our faith. But there are cer certain things that we as religious people take and we take things that aren't doctrinal and we put doctrines on them and we implant things. I think much like the new, new Testament Pharisees and even the old Testament, some of the old Testament, um, uh, leaders, they would take certain practices and make them doctrine. And I think the church, at least on a large scale from my perspective and the churches that I've, I've been a part of, a lot of them, the thing that they struggle with most is making doctrines out of preferences, making doctrines out of uh, ideas or thoughts that, you know, worked for them and their parents and thinking somehow because it's a new thing in the culture, that makes it wrong. Because this music is 
lively and has got some drums, that, that, that makes it wrong because my parents didn't grow up with that. Well, you're, I mean, their parents, as parents, as parents, as parents, as parents, as back in the time of scripture, they didn't have books to read from. They had a scroll. They, they wore robes. We don't run around wearing things. You know, we, our culture is not the same even as it was back then. And somehow we take a culture from 250 years ago, sometimes in the independent fundamental Baptist circle, we take those cultures and from 250 years ago and say, well, this is right. This is how we should act. And this is godly and doctrinally correct. And, and I understand some of the ideas behind, you know, wanting to always do what's right to the best of our ability. And so that means push back against anything that you think is evil. But sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater. When in all reality, we need to get rid of certain things that are like change the water out. Don't throw the whole thing out to, to go in and take what maybe what the world meant for evil and find how God can work through those very tools that Satan thought he had the keys to. Yeah. So I, I think the church has got a little ways to grow in there. That is really, really profound. I often joke in my mind, and I think I've said this to a few people. I think, you know, I like uh, th- there are some hymns that I absolutely love. Uh, they are just so reassuring. I mean, you can learn things from them. Very powerful. But there's some people like, well, if it's not a hymn uh, and all hymns are good, they throw all hymns are good. Well, there's some hymns where the doctrine in it or the teaching is just completely way off, but because it's (laughs) older, they're like, well, I feel comfortable with this. And I think some people, because they think that those hymns are closer to the time that Jesus walked the earth, that it's probably a little bit more, a little bit more correct, but that's not always, that's not always the case. And that's, and on top of that, just think about it, Beethoven and Bach and some of these older um, composers that a lot of those, you know, the same people prescribe to thinking, you know, this is the best of music has to offer. Those guys were hip and new at one point. Those yes. guys were current and they were plugging music in the radio. If they had a radio in those days, you know, they were they were in they were in style. Yes. And just because they're out of style now doesn't mean that that was the you know doctrinal style that we all need to stick to and you know get those drums yeah. out of here and they're of the devil you know yeah like it's funny you say that because a couple months ago I actually got uh, blasted by a church musicologist because I wrote a book on some of this stuff uh, about a statement that I made in the book and I didn't make the statement I quoted it from a director of a symphony orchestra about Handel's Messiah when it came out the majority of the church thought it was a blasphemous piece of music because opera singers. <laughs> We're, we're singing it. And uh, he uh, he tried to rally the Anglican church to try to sue me for that statement. I didn't make the statement. I quoted it and cited it in the book. But I touched a sacred cow there that, uh, no, when this came out, this was considered hip. And, uh, you know, he advised me that I was sending people to hell by promoting this type of music. So I was like, OK, thanks for talking in the discussion. Have a nice day. I know, so, I know I'm on the right track if I'm upsetting people like you. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the for the confirmation with that. You know, there's a lot going on in culture right now that the church has to deal with and contend with. What are some of these issues that you're seeing popping up in the culture outside of the church that we're having to deal with right now? And on some of those things, what do you think is the best way for the church to deal with these issues? I think the church in so there's two questions there, at least I'm gonna try to answer. Um the first question is how should how should church deal with cultural issues that pop up that maybe don't darken the doors of the church? And one, I think there's there's a grave we do a, do a grave disservice to the culture when we make church about the performance purely and strictly about looking the greatest that you'll ever look during the week. I, I think we do the people a grave disservice because people who don't know God walk in and think. This is this is how these people act, and oh, okay. They, I mean, they're they they must be better than me. And then they see them out during during the week, and they realize they're just human beings too. We're all we're all we're all in this this 
this this journey, and we all have the sanctification process to go through as, as Christians. Um, but as as a church, I think we need to respond with a balance of grace and truth. And again, I don't have the answers to all of that, but I think quite often we let one overbalance the other. That's why the Bible was that I love the verse when mm. it talks about Jesus came full of grace and truth. If he came with too much grace, too much grace. Uh, uh, he right. he wouldn't have talked about sin. He wouldn't have exposed hell. He wouldn't have exposed the, the the misdeeds of the nation. But if he came in too much truth, he would have beat down that nation because rightfully so, and based on the justice of God, he could have called fire and brimstone down on them. Yeah. So the grace and truth balance is something that I think we as the church lack and need to improve on and strive to improve on every day because I don't think any of us could necessarily arrive but make that the focus point. If we can be more like, to be more like Christ, we need to balance with grace and truth. And so that's how we need to speak wow. into these cultural issues. That's how we need to speak into uh, the lives of the, the people that we deem as weird because our culture is totally different from their culture. They grew up in a different part of town that makes them act a little different, that makes them have a different perception on life. Um, we need to find a balance of grace and truth to be able to speak to and we and get through the weeds of certain things because sometimes it is just a cultural preference and not something that's wrong. You know, just because that man talks with that kind of accent and he, and he wears his pants a little lower doesn't mean that everything in his life is going, going, going this way. And doesn't mean that, that God isn't looking to save him just as much as he's looking to save you. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I think the church and the culture in regards to any issue, whether it's trying to talk about sex outside of marriage, whether it's trying to talk about the the, the drug wars, whether it's trying to talk about sin in general, the Ten Commandments, the foundations of the country that we live in here in America. Um, all of these issues need to come, each of us need to strive to come at these issues with grace and truth, knowing that when we don't have the answers, he's got the answers. And sometimes we need to admit when we're wrong and, and know that we don't have the answers and, yeah. uh, and, and balance the addressing with grace and truth. Dude, I'm getting fed this morning. I, that is so profound, the grace and truth. And that's something that I'm going to chew on and would encourage everybody that's watching and listening to chew on that as well, the grace and truth, because you're so right. Jesus could have just, you know, when he came, could have annihilated everything because everything is just completely off. And I think a lot of times uh, we see ourselves as believers as the ones that have to be the hot and heavy and, you know, negate the grace. And uh, we do a lot of destruction. Then there's the opposite end of it where we just let everything, you know, anything goes and it's, yeah, it, it, it's okay. And it's finding that balance. And that takes time to arrive at. It really does. Uh, we have to take a quick break, a quick commercial break, and we will be right back with another song from Josh Snyder. <laughs> That's right. Rock on America. <laughs> I might we love now. <laughs> hey, we love the rugged American flag. They're a big supporter of what we do here and our outreach efforts and uh, they, what they, they make some really nice, nice flags. So yeah, go ahead and, and buy a flag from the rugged American flag company. They can do custom ones too. Uh, so they can do a custom JSM uh, music uh, uh, flag for you. Let's talk about another song that you have. And I really like it because I think it's very applicable today and a lot of things that we've been talking about and that's soldier on. And you actually were able to do that with another vocalist brianna martin how did that song come about and how did that uh, collaboration come about with brianna so it's it's a lot simpler than than you might think in this i said uh, towards the beginning of the interview but you i could sit in montana and probably do a lot of what i'm doing now aside from some of the live shows and being able to connect with certain groups in person i mean again i don't think i would have connected with you if i didn't move to georgia but there's still opportunity to connect with people via social media um, 
via via a second person, a middleman that has a connection to the right people that just ties something together. And that's essentially all that the Soldier On's collaboration part was. Uh, uh, we have a, a stunning vocalist, a great vo voice, Brianna Martin. And, uh, and then the song that I, I had written and uh, basically a middleman, uh, a producer tied the two together and and uh, here there, there's a finished product there. The song <laughs> itself, uh, I've, I've never actually met her in person and things like that, but a uh, solid vocalist. Um, the, the, the song itself though comes back to the, the, the war that we fight. I remember uh, en route to come to this interview, to come to the, the office here, I, uh, I remember I was praying uh, God help me to, to put on the arm, the armor today. This is something I think each of us take for granted is, yeah. is, uh, the armor of God, you know, found in the book of Philippians and, uh, what that's, sh what that truly means. You know, the, the fact that we are saved and sealed, we can wear that like a helmet guarding our head. And the fact that God imputes his righteousness to us and covers us in our heart. And we can put that, wear that like a chest plate and we can wield the word of God, like our weapon, our sword. We can hold up the shield of faith when the darts fly our way and we can <laughs> tie it all together with truth. Yeah. And uh, then shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Again, we're not here to beat the gospel into people. It's the preparation of the gospel of peace. Oh. And uh, and so we, we need to we need to suit up every day. And so that song kind of reflects into that. I really like this song and the compilation because, you know, you and her together, it's kind of like a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's like the chocolate and the peanut butter. They go together so well. And it's just this awesome combination. And this is Soldier On by Josh Snyder with Brianna Martin. Cover up my strife But you my God spoke through and gave me new life Your words cut to my sins like a knife yeah. I've had my ups and downs and my tragedies I thought I was standing really sinking But now my life's been changed and I've been given a new Oh my God, what was I thinking? I get the
marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. I the weight of the world sitting on my shoulders. There's no way you can hold me down, baby. I just sold you on my I like the superheroes uh, in the graphics that you use there. I can tell which one is you at the front. Is that the rest of your crew as well? Uh, some, uh, let's see. We did a contest for two of them. Uh, to, so people that listen to our music and stuff, they, they enter the contest and we drew out some names and stuff like that. Um, so two of them are a couple of friends. Uh, and then let's see here. One of, And then the rest are actually people who were featured on the album because at that time okay. I was just totally solo. Like it was wow. just me and a microphone and uh, some lights and uh, my speaker system. I mean, so... Wow. Well, I'll give you another graphic that you can use on your next album right here from our studio. There he is. That is our Boston Terrier in our studio, Mac. And uh, he's our metal dog and he totally <laughs> approves of this music. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he sits in here with me. He's not with me this morning, but uh, he sits in here and listens to the music with me and uh, he really enjoys it. You know, as I listen to that, there's a couple couple elements that I hear in there. Um you know, it reminds me of some of the earlier Owl City, earlier One yeah. Republic. Yeah. And even I hear when Brianna, a little bit of Carrie Hilson in there. Yes, I am a metal guy, but I am very <laughs> knowledgeable and do listen to other stuff as well. And I think it's very important that we stay diverse. Diversity is of God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, Owl City was was probably one of my biggest, most listened to um groups at that around that time and i still listen to a lot of owl city and they again I, i'm like a sponge i take in if i like it and i enjoy it i'll find a way to try yeah. to integrate it into what i do so yeah yeah and that is a song that i could go cruising down the interstate with with the windows down and just totally enjoy it as i'm driving and the other thing that i like about that is how you incorporate the hymn onward christian soldiers in there that is really cool yeah yeah again hymns are powerful and i i, I don't ever want to down that and and uh, yeah. I, I love I love I love hymns, and I you, I probably let's see by the end of this next project there'll be like five songs that I've incorporated different hymns to the bridge oh. or a part of the songs. So, so yeah, that is so cool. What is your favorite hymn? Which one moves you the most? Um, probably it is well with my soul. Oh yes, uh, the yes. story behind it's incredible. Again, the what's funny is okay. It, side note, real quick. Um, the the story behind it as well as my soul is powerful the, the what happened to Horatio Spafford and his family and the the way in which she wrote that song is just just powerful up there with like the national anthem in my opinion yeah. but um but he went on and did i mean later in his life he he failed he had some failure and we mm -hmm. don't throw the the him out saying well this guy had some failure in his life and his family did some weird stuff at the end of their life and uh and say you know you know disregard it altogether no there's some powerful truth that god used in that hymn 
and, and, and it's still just as true today, even if the person who wrote it wasn't perfect. I think of David who wrote the Psalms and probably wrote many of them before yeah. Bathsheba and would still read through it like it's the most amazing thing because it's the word of God. Yeah. And God still works through broken people. And so many times we'll throw songs even today out because they're written by people who have some direct failure, even even now. Yeah. And uh, so I don't, I'm, I'm careful about throwing things out because of there's imperfect people writing them. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to bounce off that a little bit uh, because you've probably seen them as well. All of the discernment videos that are out there that'll tell you, well, don't listen to this because this yeah. guy did this. And oh my goodness, a Christian scandal, this guy did this. You know, and if we had that back uh, during David's day, I'm sure David would have been the hot topic of many discernment oh, yeah. videos of, oh, you can't listen to any of these Psalms because he did this. And, you know, Wolf th- in sheep's clothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not the real deal. You know, he wouldn't have done that if he was really following God. Um, there's another hymn that, uh, when we talk about the imperfections of people and and things that happen, you know, Martin Luther, the great reformer, uh, did many things for the gospel, but there were, you know, as we look at towards the end of the reformation, there was some stuff in his life that it's like, Oh, I'm not so sure about that. And that's not the greatest, but his hymn, a mighty fortress is our God. Every time I hear that, I cry. Hey, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that song. Thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's teared me up just thinking about that song. It could be too, because I grew up watching Davy and Goliath as well. Oh, the, the, uh, really? Yes. Me too. Yes. Yes. I, I love Davy and Goliath. Uh, that was a great show. And that was even before my, I wasn't even a believer and I'd watch Davy and Goliath. And really the word that was sown into me through that, the conscience, um, I think really was the seed that led me to salvation eventually when I became older. So thank you to uh, those little, I, what were they, claymation or? Yeah, um, creepy, yeah. kind of creepy, but yeah. They, they were, yeah. they were the talk, the talking dog. Hey, that'd be another topic for a discernment video. Don't watch, don't watch uh, things, uh, you know, they have talking dogs because that's not biblical. Well, yeah, yeah. there were talking, there were talking. activity in. here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you're definitely a man with a mission and you have boldness and God is definitely definitely using you to further the gospel. Where do you hope to see yourself in the future? Where do you believe God is leading you? Uh, I, I believe with all my heart that, um, I believe with all my heart that I'm supposed to do what I'm doing now. And, and so I guess to answer your question, I don't know where that'll lead me exactly. I don't know exactly how, to what extent I would, I would love to like my dream. Like I've had, like we all have dreams. One of my dreams is opening or performing alongside dudes like like Toby Mac, and uh, I, you know, before he gets too old, again he's getting kind of old. He's getting kind of yeah. old, but you know, um, he says he'll do it till the day he dies. So I've got some time here, hopefully. Um, but I, uh, I, I want to do it professionally and as well as I can for as long as God lets me, as long as there's breath in my lungs, as long as there's a voice that I can sing, and as long as I got people who are trying to trying to help the the mission along, because none of us can do this stuff alone. Um, that a uh, that is, I mean, I just want to do what I'm doing now and keep building and learning and growing. That is so true. We can't, we can't do it alone. And how is it that our viewers and listeners, how can they help support you? Oh, there, I mean, there, there are many ways. If, you know, if you want to, if there was some direct support, we're actually raising funds right now for our third uh, project in an EP series called God Vibes. I got a shirt here. I don't know if you can see it correctly, but God Vibes only. Love it. Um, we, uh, we are raising money for our third EP, uh, the final EP in this trilogy called the God Vibes Trilogy. And um, essentially, uh, we, we've got, I think, six songs on this EP, actually. So it's almost an album, like, but we've just got a lot 
that we keep keep kind of adding to it. It was going to only be four songs, and then we there's a couple more that have made their way in, and we're still working on that. And it costs a lot of money to put out quality music these days. Um, or you have a label, and but even then, it costs a lot of money. You just pay on one end. Um, but the uh, so if if somebody wanted to monetarily donate to what we do and liked what we're doing, and want to invest into to this ministry, um, you can find me on Facebook. And there's and just reach out to me and I'll I'll tell you all the different ways and maybe you know I don't know if maybe if, if you asked afterwards I'd leave a, a few links for being able to donate directly. Um, other than that, I mean just just following what we're doing and interacting helps grow because there's an algorithm giant that we got to beat every day in this society where there's so much being pushed into the culture. Yeah. And if we if we as JSM Josh Snyder Music would like to do something. Um, with any kind of range, people interacting and following along and just uh, 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 supporting what we do in, in prayer and in, in, in just uh, and interacting and commenting and things like that really helps um, us grow and get to more people, more people see what we're doing and maybe maybe we can reach somebody else. And so, uh, yeah. so yeah, there's just, there's all, there's little ways you can do. And uh, we don't want to, I, I never want to come off like I'm begging for money. And my dad says I need to get better at asking for money. Um you know, anyway, um, but if you do want to donate in some ways uh, financially, we are raising money for our third project, uh, God Vibes Part 3. And so reach out to me directly if you'd like to know more about that or there maybe there'll be some donate links uh, to this. I don't know on this. I don't, I don't know. So. And what is the best way for them to reach you? Uh, uh, Facebook or Instagram. Those are the two main ways. Or if you don't have Facebook or Instagram and you, you're a little more old school, uh, you can email me at uh, official josh schneider at gmail.com that's official josh schneider at gmail.com yeah and send me those links because what i'm going to do for those that are watching on youtube you're watching it now this is pre-recorded uh those links are in the in the description so we're going to put those in there for josh because this is a ministry that needs to be supported i really am blessed by his boldness and really for his age the wisdom that he has uh if i had that wisdom when i was your age josh um yeah, my life would be a whole lot different than it is right now, but I really appreciate that. And may the Lord continue to bless you in what you do. And uh, please do keep me updated on when the new album comes out, uh, because we're going to bring you back on when you release that. I'd like to talk about that and share some of the tracks. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me once again. Appreciate it. Talk to you all soon here. The church in Charleston, South Carolina is leaving the building on Saturday, May 14th for a day of ministry through music at Get Revelation Rockfest 2022. Headlining Get Revelation Rockfest at the Hanahan Amphitheater is Warriors of Light. Other artists include Jenna Parr, The Last Trumpet, Ziggy, Armor of God, Filthy Rags, Red Calling, Xandria Cross, Nettie, Tricord, and Suffering Gift. More information and tickets can be found on Eventbrite or at lithoscry.com. That's L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y.com. Come on out and join us to rock on and set captives free with the gospel. Lithoscry.com